Are you ready to take your team's volleyball game to the next level? On the Volleypod, we talk to top coaches who share their secrets for success on the court. From drills to build skills to strategy for boosting confidence, you won't want to miss this valuable advice. Tune in now and elevate your team's game today. Good evening and welcome to the Volleypod. How are you today, Todd? There's, it's all good here. How about you? Tell me about the team. Where are we now? Are they teams, getting better? Team's doing great. Yeah, they're getting a lot better. We're starting to come together and uh, we're starting to come into some big time tournaments here. We got Kansas City up in about three weeks. Okay. And that's where we faced our steepest competition last year. Um, besides even JOs, man, we were hitting so many tough teams at, at uh, Kansas City. It was really good for us. And that's coming up soon. So we're stoked and we're getting ready, getting All a little right. getting a little edge, a little iron sharpens iron action All here. Right. So now that's it's fun. cool. Yes. So what do we got today? We got a great episode. I okay. know that. We're starting with the skill. Yeah. And we're, we're getting into teaching communication. And okay. this came up and I was, you know, I talked to you about that, that uh, BCT website, BCT Facebook group. Yes. You know, the volleyball coaches and trainers. Yes. Okay. And they had a conversation the other day or, uh, you know, uh, conversation back and forth with people throwing in their ideas about communication. First and foremost, is it necessary? Should we be te- spending a lot of time teaching communication? And what's your take on it? I, I lean towards lesser communication. I'm definitely on the spectrum of less communication. I'm not a big communication teacher. There are certain things that I definitely teach in communication, but I've backed off a lot in as I've gotten older. Yeah, a lot of coaches have backed off on that. I'm not one of them, probably, yeah. and I, I think I'm I'm still in that uh, place where we're teaching kids. And I think when we first start, I think it's important. So let me, let me, a couple of things I have and say, should we spend time to teach it? No. And some of the things that I saw on that uh, blog or what I mean on that that uh, Facebook group Mm -hmm. that people were sharing, it doesn't really help balls still land even when kids are calling them. So why are we spending all this time teaching communication? If balls are still landing and that communication doesn't seem to be working, that seemed to be one thing. A little, little negative of a take, but it's true. I, I mean, valid. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I think that there's something to be said about there it. There absolutely is. And then, hey, what about if we take all that time, we just teach movement? Because people okay. say, hey, we spend that time on movement and that's going to be time better spent than communication. Okay. I can see that. So those were the two. Are there any others that are any others you think that why you wouldn't want to get into communication? Well, I, I would kind of lean towards the second one. Uh, like there was this one beach team that were two brothers and they started, they were Olympians and I cannot think of their name, but I'll try to put them in the show notes, yeah. but they legit never said a word because they could <laughs> not fight. I mean, they could not play without fighting. And so they legit never said a word. And I just started rethinking communication after that. I think it's more like knowing whose ball is whose than communication like a lot of times it's talk 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 versus go 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 and i'd rather see the go 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 i hope that explains my sort of take on it right well yeah so i'm gonna get the other side which is the the argument which is yes we should number one hey they're in general six people in 900 square feet they're a bunch of rules of the road and communication helps it makes things easier okay and so that would be my first reason especially starting with kids secondly it's good for players to learn to have a voice. 
And I go to some club practices and I see these young teams and there are kids that go the whole practice and I don't hear them say one word. Good point. The whole practice. And so it's it's hard for me to to really fathom that. And I think I've said this before, you know, I frame non-communication as being selfish. Right. That right. wait a minute, if you're not communicating, you're not making the game easier for your teammates. You're only concerned about yourself. Right. And if you're a good communicator, that makes the game easier for your teammates. So that's what we want to teach. We want okay. you to help your teammates. Next, this idea of engagement. It's easy way to measure engagement. It's a good point. And sure. so, hey, we talk about effort as being a value for us. If you don't call the ball, it's super easy to see. Right. And here. Yes. And that's low effort. Yes. And so it's all that little stuff like that goes, it. wait a minute. Yeah. Having a habit of doing that is showing that you're engaged and you're, you have effort level. And then I would say, yes, uh, I, I think that in-game communication maybe is is overvalued sometimes. That's what they think communication is, you know, right. a ball falling in there. But what about before the point? That's a great what point. What about what's going on on, your, on the other side of the net and communicating to your teammates to get ready mm -hmm. for certain things, whether you're offense or defense? During the point, of course, is some of the stuff we talked about. And then after the point. During practice, the idea of asking questions. There's so much communication there. I think if we're going to be successful humans point. on a volleyball team, we have to be good communicators. That's a great point. And when you expand the the sort of definition of communication to include all those things, I think then I'm going to switch my answer. <laughs> no, all right, but, I got a convert. <laughs> no, but for real, like I think, you're on my team now. Like after the point, I'm huge on. Before the point, I'm huge on. So I think uh, that's a really. Those are all really great points for sure. Yeah. All right. So you're starting, when you're starting to convince me okay, a little bit, a couple things now in order to do it. Number one, if you're going to do it, you have to be consistent and you Agreed. can't, you can't wait until a ball lands and say, how many times I told you to call the ball, right? Right. It has to be all the time. And so for me, I like pairs in the beginning of practice. It's not using the net. Often we're in pairs. I don't want to be in, in pairs for a long time, but we're warming up our voices like while it. we're doing pairs. Yeah. And that's part of our warm up. Hey, the voice is important. It's got to sound a certain way of engagement when we start practice. Hey, we're engaged. It's good. Move on. It can be, okay. you know, 30 seconds, rotate a couple times. Hey, we got out of it. We're ready. We're engaged and ready to go. It's cool. Uh, communication is paired with movement for me. It's not one or the other, right. they're together. And so let's say and we're in serve receive and a ball lands between two players. If both players open up and call the other person's name and actually move away, I will say, Hey, you moved and you talked, right? That's a good mistake. Just, yeah. We get aced, we lose the point, but we have people moving and talking. And if, but that, how often does that happen? And I would say that's very, very that's rare point. that that happens. Yeah. And so, well, and, and, and I think you've made this point on a prior pod, but it's something you can also look to, especially with the younger ones to say, Hey, good job. That's sort of low hanging fruit, yep. right? They, they called the ball, they moved, it's much easier than passing the ball, but they definitely were active and they're moving towards progress. Right. Yeah. I like it. I'm a fan for the word mine. Okay. I don't like I go. Okay. Because this idea of sometimes I might yell go if I want you to go. Okay. And, gotcha. I might, and so I don't want I and then go. Gotcha. Okay. That Those could sense. be opposites. So is it mine, you, or mine and go in your gym? 
for me, it's mine. And if it's not mine, if I'm getting out of the way, then it's Davis. Uh, the name. Okay, awesome. So it's that. mine. And if you're next to me and I think you're in my way, it's mine. Mine. Okay, gotcha. So you. there's a second mine. So it's not mine, 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 mine. We, we want clean air. And I think that's why some people don't like communication because you have these players yelling, mine, 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 four, 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 <laughs> when they want to hit. And it's, you have all this yeah. noise that doesn't mean anything. And so... That's a reason why I think some coaches steer away from that communication, but teaching your players having clean air. I like that. One call, mine, mine. Uh, so I like that. Uh, beginners, it's great for beginners because the beginners, you want to do something. So we have beginners, five person serve receive. So if you're in the front row, you're opening up and calling deep. Gotcha. So that first call is opening up and calling deep and it goes along with the movement. You have right. to move and talk, open up and call deep, yes. get behind the ball and call mine. If you're, if you're not moving the ball and there's somebody next to you that's passed the ball, you're calling their name. I love it. And that's so awesome. there's, there's specifics. And then we could celebrate the correct calls. We also have in and out, right? right. And in and out is all, we always make the mistake with in. Yes. So if we're not sure it's in, in, and then out, out, out. Yes. So, those are things you want to communicate. Those are important. Those are point savers. And absolutely. to say, well, communication is not important. No, it is important. Oh, Those absolutely. are saving points for me. Okay. All right. Uh, for digs, I'm an up or go guy on digs. Because I think digging is, there's nothing worse than making a great save and then having a, your teammates let the ball land. Right. And this idea of go or up or something that is some aggressive kind of call as you're making this move where people can play second ball defense. Well, and I, I have a preference between those two. I'll go, I'll prefer go over up. I like go better yeah. too. Yeah, because everyone's like, it is up. Yeah, it is up, you know, but you're telling them go, right? right. So it's a command. So, right. yeah, so I like that. That's cool. Call sets. And I think, you know, you're going faster now. And I think it gives, you know, I, I'm looking at video. You know, I told you, you know, we were making our video for the, uh, our highlight film. And it's, I just see the sets getting higher and higher. And so the setters just lose confidence. And if the hitters are calling every time, I think that gives the setters confidence to okay. keep going fast. Okay. I like that. I like that. That's cool. Out of system. Uh, the setter is mine, mine or stop and calls a name twice. So it's either mine, mine or Mary, Mary. Okay. And then the team echoes that. Oh, I like that. Okay. And so then everybody knows who's setting that out of system ball. I like that. I'm adding that in. Next okay. Practice. That's a good quick attack. You've heard me do this. There's a rhythm for quick attacking. And I think setting quick is something that is a lost art in some ways. I don't think a lot of setter, even good setters aren't very good at it, but I think giving them a rhythm where the hitter set calls the set when she leaves on her approach and she calls it when she jumps. So for us, it's one, one or yes, yes, or whatever set that or whatever you're saying, but there's a rhythm yes, and it makes it easier for the setter to set. And I've implemented this one and found it to clean up the timing quite easily. You, you, you know, hear it. You hear it. Yeah. You it's, hear it. It's good. Yeah. And then once, a, once again, uh, the important communication before and after the point, and I think there's a list there. We, you know, we don't have probably the, the time to go through all those things, but when you think of, Let's say before a point, what's important to you? 
to me, it's who's going to get set, right? So looking through the net, who's the front row hitters probably. Okay, so now you're on defense. So you're saying before the point, one defense. So, yeah, yeah before the point. Okay, right. Before so let's point. talk about defense. Okay, go ahead. Yes, yeah, so I would say who the three hitters are, who the main hitter is, and I guess whether the setter is front row. Okay. Those are probably the three big things, but there's so much more, like who we could serve, you know, whether whether uh, whether they have some weak blocker. There's so many things you can that you can do on that. But what are yours? Well, I think there's a bunch of little things that are reminders. Is the setter a threat? Right. And whether the setter's front row or not, for me, it's more is the setter a threat here or not? And some setters are more of a threat than others. And I think knowing when the setter is a threat is important. A reminder before the point that, hey, uh, some people call this code red or people have different names for it. But if it's, hey, who's got the dump? Right. Or we're, we're dump aware. And the setter hears that. Right. Sometimes I think you can, you can keep the trick, setter trick. from dumping by yeah. even mentioning it before the point and then not covering it. Right. Setter loves to dump. Setter loves to dump. <laughs> right. No, it's a good one. No, yeah, for sure. So that's one thing. Yeah. As far as reminders of tendencies. Yep, that's a good point. Hitter gets blocked. What ha what's the next thing that's going to happen with that hitter? Are we going to pick up the tip every time on that right. after a hitter gets blocked? That's a good call. So yeah. that's that's huge for me. Our best servers back there. Are we ready for the overpass? Right. Are we surprised yep. with an overpass, especially at the younger levels? When my best server gets there, we know they're not going to pass the target with my best server right. at the lower levels. We don't know where it's going to go, but we have to be ready for the overpass, whether it be front row, back row. Uh, the worst thing is when your best server goes back there and gets that perfect you know, overpass and your blocker is not ready, hits it in the middle of the net, and not only do you lose a point, but it takes your best server away. <laughs> Like, wait a minute. Yes. That's the only way we score points is when that one gets serving. Right. <laughs> we got to keep this going <laughs> as long as we can. Yeah. I, I like it. it. Yeah. Reminders. I love it. So awesome. all of those reminders yeah. and our players, you know, hey, where is the middle coming from? So from are they in row right. two? Is a middle coming from, let's say, area two and row two? And do they hit always across their Pro body to area right. one on that? Or can they turn back and try to hit? Uh, away from their line of approach, things like that, that in the middle be, you know, talking and talking to the other blockers. And when I see, you know, my players kind of turn to the side and looking at each other saying, you know, sweet nothings, you know, I don't know what they're saying, but they're not looking at the side of the net where right. the action is. Totally. And I'm always saying, hey, where is the action? The action's over there. I like uh, it. So yeah. doing those things before the point, then after the point, is there some processing there that we have to do that we have to say, hey, wait a minute. Okay, they just rotated. Such and such is now in the front row. This server serving. She serves short every time. What is the next what is the next thing that's going to happen? I like that. Doing that. I like that. And then there, there's a similar checklist, obviously, if you're on offense, right? Offense. If you're on serve receive. Exactly. Right. So and we can get into that too, but just having these these things that you know your team sort of needs as reminders. Right. That you're going to give them right this before idea the kind point. of checklist. I love it. Yeah. Awesome. You know, flight plan checklist before each point. I love before it. you take off. You got to take off. You got right? to run your checklist. checklist. You I love checklist. it. So you've, you've kind of convinced me. You, I mean, you really have got me thinking about my communication stuff for sure. And the one thing I want, I like is, well, I'll, I'll say two quick ones. First of all, clean air, 
right? If I had clean air, I would say I like communication. Right. Does that make sense? So I just don't like chatter. I just, it bugs me to chatter. It, it doesn't... Well, and that takes people completely away from it. Is, yes. Right. Exactly. And I would say, well, it's not all bad. It's just a matter of teaching it what you need the right way. How about blockers? Do you want your blockers calling anything? Totally. It's go ready up. It's what we Okay. Say. So yeah. you have blockers. Yeah. talking and communicating and, and mine out of system a lot with those high sets of wait wait ready go or whatever so this idea of wait wait on those high sets because then they get into that timing and know it's different i like that. when that set is high yeah totally and then the only uh, the, my last one is just this idea that sometimes with inexperienced teams they'll just say you know they're shanking every ball <laughs> and they'll just be like we got to talk more and i'm like we're, we don't need to talk more. We just need to pass better, you know? So I think there, I think there's that element to right. it. No, so, I, yes. I, I agree wholeheartedly that that's a, that's <laughs> a that can be a problem yeah. too, but not right. a reason to throw the baby out no, with the bathwater, right? Exactly. Okay. So you got me really thinking, I love it. Okay. So Good here's enough. the, what's so, the scenario? Well, today? so here's the scenario and it's, it's a, it's a refrain I hear often from coaches. Okay. And I've said it often too, and I've sort of worked through it, I think, um, through years of therapy, but it's, <laughs> it's I want it more it's than- expensive. It's been expensive, right? <laughs> no, but I, I hear coaches saying, I want it more than my team, right? And I don't know if you've ever heard coaches say that, oh, but- I hear them saying it all the time. And I've felt that way often. And so I would like to kind of go through the scenario with with people here and one of the things i'm first going to start by saying is you probably do have more experience in the game than the people you're coaching i mean that's probably why you're coaching them is you have more experience to lend to them so the fact that you are invested in the outcome is not it's not necessarily bad for you to feel that you want it let's put it like that now, when you start to feel this imbalance between you wanting it more than the team, quote unquote, uh, that I'm going to kind of push back and, and argue, is it true and is it helpful? Those are sort of the two questions I'm going to ask. I guess, is it true, the idea that, hey, the coach is more invested, hey, it's your job or whatever, you put a bunch of time in, obviously you probably played a bunch or you connected to it because daughter or son played or some reason why you got connected to it and it resonated with you and you've become a coach and the players aren't coaches right that's there's a difference so the fact that you're invested in this the one i see is that or the one i hear i hear that refrain when a team loses right and the coaches just super competitive yeah and the players are like oh well hey I, did you see that girl's hairstyle? Right. <laughs> and, you know, when I was a younger right. coach, I went, what are you talking about, hairstyles? <laughs> right. Right. You just lost a tough one. They just don't <laughs> want it as much as me, and we're pulling out our hair. I, I'm already bald, so my hair was gone <laughs> a long time ago. But, no, that's, that's when I hear it, too. And and I have really mixed feelings about saying that to the kids, and I would I would probably argue against it. No, and, I'm, I am definitely against yes. it. I, I think it's, hey – you should and that's fine and if you want them to be more competitive then those are things you work on in practice and you compete in practice and hopefully you see their competitive uh skills behaviors, improve yeah. behaviors improve yeah. if that's what you want right 
that's important to you, that's fine. But to just say, oh, well, they don't want it or they're not, comp well, yeah, it, and it takes a while to generate that Yes, and, especially for girls. Yes, well, and just this, there's a process to it, right? When I was young, I lived in Huntington Beach, which is a total hotbed for volleyball. But even then, it took me a while to get into the game. And I was exposed to some of the best coaching from year one. Like John Hawks was my coach, and he's a fantastic coach. And he was my frosh soft coach at Edison. Oh, wow. And I'm living a mile from the beach. And what I mean is the whole culture was set up right there for me to just fall in love with it. And eventually I did. But I thought, you know, I'm a basketball guy. Right. <laughs> you know, I came from Virginia. I'm like, I'm a basketball <laughs> guy, you know. Yeah. Um, but so I guess what I mean is even though the culture was right there, just embedded for me, it still took a while for me to get there. And it's going to take a while. Everyone's going to have their own timeline on when they jump in. Yep. Right. I heard this great quote and I'm going to butcher it, but it's basically like if you want them to be great sailors, you show them the sea. You don't teach them about knots, something about something like that. It wasn't about knots. There's no knots in the quote, but it's basically, you know, don't teach them all the minutiae of volleyball. Teach them the love of volleyball. Love of the game. Love of the game. And if I'm having the, my team love the game and they're out there playing hard, I, I can live with all the outcomes and love their teammates and too. love their teammates right. and love so the experience part of a culture that's special for them and be a special group. And that's, that's big. Absolutely. And, and the thing I'll, the two I'll throw back to, and you just mentioned it, commitment and love, right? Commitment is, is hard, especially when you're not that, well, when we haven't put that many years into the game or hours into the game. So to say, oh, they're not committed or they don't want it as much as I do. Well, it's going to take a little while and you need to show them how to be committed. Hey, being committed means being on time, means making choices, right? Uh, a love of the game. Well, look at that amazing dig, like in you lighting up and all of these things. Like some of my favorite matches I lost, you know, um, but they were just so memorable, yep. you know. Um, hey, the interesting thing, and I, and I think I'm probably a little biased here because I've been a club coach, but I'm probably more of a high school coach. And I think high school is a little different in that because you're taking, hey, we're in the school and you try out for this and we're taking the people who are most into volleyball. So I think there's a commitment level that's built in there, which is maybe higher than a club team where, hey, club team, I'm. I still think that the clubs oftentimes forget that the players are consumers right. and that they're paying for this right? That's a good and point. that the clubs sometimes go, well, you're not committed. Well, wait a minute. I'm right. paying for this. Right. It's my chance. And yeah. I am also into speech and debate or I'm an actress or I'm doing all this other stuff and I'm missing volleyball because right. I'm going to play practice Absolutely. and I'm committed to that. And I'm trying to balance those two because I'm a young kid who's exploring all my talents. Exactly. And that's a cool thing. And so sometimes when I hear coaches say that and they're club coaches and they're coaching, you know, a 13, three team or something, well, wait a minute, you should be way more committed. Than that. It's just one <laughs> right. of several things they're exploring right now. That's and you've decided way. to be a volleyball coach. That's a so great way. Of I it. see some of that. And, you know, that idea that 
you know, this 13 year old isn't committed. Well, 13 year olds play <laughs> volleyball for two months. It's like, right. like being, it's like saying that when you're on a, you dated somebody like three times, like you're just not committed. Right. Not, well, no, we've only been dating. We've had three dates. Right. I'm and not it's committed. A, yet. It's a developing. <laughs> it takes a while. Yes. And I will say, I will say still though, we are emotional beings. So as a coach, you do feel the sting of lost. You feel some of the joy of, of winning. And so I've had to have some habits to kind of bring myself down in or not bring myself down, but I'm still into it. But I would just say emotionally bring that down a couple notches to be my most effective. To regulate your competitiveness. That's it. Yes. (laughs) And to manage it. It's not that you you put it away. Right. right? I see coaches just check out sometimes and they're just sitting on the sidelines. Right. And that's not me. But I've learned to manage it much better because it used to just eat me. Up. Oh yeah, oh, my same goodness. with me. Yeah, and so I've ta- I've come to do some meditating. I've, ta- I've come to do some controlled breathing stuff. And I mean, I basically have to, otherwise, I'll become a stress case on these travel tournaments. And so, um, for me, I express it by being, you know, very kind of almost like that. Uh, might have to be even yeah. a skill to teach. That would be a good getting one, into some of that. Put yeah. that on the list because that's that's, a- that's good. So I don't do any of that. Yeah, so we I, there's a great meditation program that we follow okay. with our team. Yeah, that'd be okay. cool. So, um, and then I, I'll also say that the younger players are going to express their their emotions differently than we will, right? We're we're more likely to be enthusiastic, and um, they may not even know what they're getting into. You know what I mean? Well, like, how about the the kid that used to drive me crazy, and then until I finally just said, "Wait a minute," is the kid who la- just laughs. Oh my And God. that's really the, the only laughter. time the kid laughs. So the kid, like, I'll have, like, the, my best joke, kid won't laugh. But then, like, shank a ball at, like, 14, right. 15, and then just break into this hysterical laughter. Yeah. Is that, that would drive me like, crazy. Ah. Yeah. Anyways, I just wanted to touch on this scenario of I want it more than my team. I really think about how you thinking through that scenario and this this idea that i like the scenario develop. that's a good one yeah they're gonna you hear that it. yeah you hear and that they'll get the there it, it it takes a while and then i'm gonna add real quick last thing is uh, a bunch of my friends lived in manhattan beach and you get you know an inordinate amount of players that come out of there and i would argue like why well maybe it's because the beach is right there and everyone loves volleyball and it's all around you not just i'm i'm an outlier and i guess what i mean with that is like if you really want kids to fall in love with the game like you do you just sort of bring the culture to them and it and if they are matched for it and if they love it they will attune to it and that's the best that we can do as coaches you can't force it it's a love of the game kind of thing so there we have it so what good is, scenario well yeah, done thank you so what is the resource for the week it is to me the resource is back to it's you back to week. me so yeah, i'm doubling up week i was doing the uh, jeff jansen so i think we're back to you this week that was really cool so the resource of the week is one that i just found out about and i love it's called volley country and it's kind of a combination between highlights of pro players and teaching and it's a really cool resource because it's got all like this international level volleyball, but it's instructional videos. So it's like how to set and they'll have a little 
talk on how to set and then it'll show guys pro guys um and it's mostly geared towards men players male okay. players um but they'll show how they're setting and they'll actually run a bunch of clips and there's highlights on players and they have some short videos on there it's a it's a great one i gotta so, check it out volley yeah. country volley country and uh they got stuff like jumping they got all sorts of different cool stuff and uh i'm sure you'll find something useful on there so what a great awesome. episode. Yeah, we had a cool episode. Absolutely. We got into a little communication. Communication. We got into when you want it more than your team, quote unquote. And we got into Volley Country, which you can find on YouTube. And before I let you go, make sure you follow us on all our socials, AOC.TheVolleyPod on Instagram and The VolleyPod on Twitter. And hope to see you next time. Good stuff, Davis. Thanks. Thanks, Todd. Bye-bye.